0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart. Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about seven qualities of a healthy marriage. And this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And with me in studio today is... Welcome, Melissa. I'm so excited to discuss this very important topic because there are a lot of people who are seeking for happiness. Happiness seems to be this elusive thing for a lot of people, and they're trying to figure out why is it that I'm not unhappy in, in in my marriage. And we're going to be very specific in this show and look at seven qualities so that if you're not happy in your relationship, you can identify and say, ah, oh, this is what I've not been able to put my finger on. This is what has been missing, and this is what we need to fix. So we're going to be zeroing in on these qualities, these seven qualities of what makes a happy, healthy marital relationship. Yeah.
1: And like always, we're going to try to make it really practical and really fun and hopefully give you the answers that you need. And as Michael said, put your finger on some of those issues that you may have been struggling with for years and you just haven't been able to figure it out on your own.
0: Yes, and I would like to give our contact information because I know that there are those of you who may not be familiar with us. You may be may have just tuned into this show uh, for the first time today and you might, after listening to this show, need to give us a call or you might need more information. So we're going to give out our contact number at this time. You can call us at one 877 3546. So you can find out about us on the web by going to our website, Elam Counseling Elam is spelled E-L-I-M-Counseling with two L's Ministry.com.
1: And for those of you who don't know, Elam Counseling <coughs> Services is a professional counseling organization located in Ottawa, Ontario. And we are also a nonprofit organization that really strives to provide counseling services to anyone and everyone who may need it regardless of their financial situation. But to do that, we do rely upon donations from people like yourself. So if you've benefited from our counseling services in the past, or you've enjoyed listening to this show week after week over the years, we encourage you to consider providing a donation. To do that, you can visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam, again, is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or always call us at one 544 3546 and we'd be happy to provide you with some more information about how to donate as well as the counseling services we can provide.
0: Yes, thank you, Melissa, for uh, doing so wonderful in in giving uh, people more information about what it is that we do. And you touched on donations; it's such a very important part because one of the things that break my heart is at times when we don't have the resources to help people. We have people who call us who are just coming out of prison, women who have just left very abusive relationships and do not yet have the financial means to look after themselves. So donations help us to be. to help those and still stay in in business because we still have to pay the bills, the overheads that we have, the the rental space for the offices that we occupy and to pay our therapists and so forth.
1: So again, if this is something you feel like you can uh, do, give us a call at 1-877-544-3546 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. So Michael, you said we are going to be talking about how we can create healthy marriages and you've been able to to, to identify seven characteristics yes. or areas we can focus on to make our marriages healthier? And what's the first one that you've identified? Yes, I've
0: seen where couples, they seem to have everything in place, right? They have the big house, you know, the car, the the, the, the millionaire family. You know, the millionaire family is a family where you have a boy and a girl and probably a have dog have in the backyard, a dog kind of thing. in the backyard, a picketed fence and everything, and they're still unhappy. And over the years, I've seen uh, people who Come in, who have these type of families, and they begin talking, and I, I've identified these these steps as a result of the the work that I do with couples, and uh, one of the the. the primary thing I wouldn't say uh, it's primary but not obvious but one of the things that I see that is not obvious in a lot of uh, in a lot of situations is that there is a lack of reciprocity where by this I mean that one person is giving and giving and giving and the other person is taking and there is not this mutual, the relationship doesn't seem to be for the mutual benefit of both partners. And so as a result of this, even though everything seems great on the surface, they are both believers, they have everything that they need, There, there is no unfaithfulness, but there's still just this lingering unhappiness in one of the partners. And for, for a relationship to be happy, both parties have to be happy. So usually the person who is receiving is the person that thinks this is our a wonderful relationship, everything is great, but the other person is very unhappy, feeling very cheated. And so, there are some things that give that there, there are a few things that lead to this feeling of this feeling of lack, lack of reciprocity. And one of that is when one person seemed to be making all the sacrifices to make the relationship work. So, maybe you are the 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 person who have gone to school you have you know you have invested a lot in your career but you have given up that career uh, for the sake of the marriage and you have uh invested everything into raising a family and you feel as if you're you're you have given up a lot, but your partner either doesn't fully appreciate it, number one, and number two, doesn't make you feel as if he's giving or she's giving anything back for the purpose of the relationship. So it's all about their career and it's not about you. And so this leads to feeling of resentment and bitterness. Another area in which there is a lack of reciprocity is where one partner seems one partner seems to be making all the the sacrifices to be with the other spouse's in laws. So, for example, it's always your fam, it's always your family, it's always uh, your family taking care of the kids. It's always your families for Christmas and my family, every time I talk about doing things with my family, it becomes an argument or an excuse as to why we can't do it. So in these areas, one partner feel as if they are giving everything and the other person is taking and there is not this mutual benefit for both parties and so when this happens there is feeling of resentment and bitterness that builds and it doesn't matter how perfect everything is in the other areas of the relationship if there is this feeling of a lack of reciprocity then there isn't going to be unhappiness
1: So how can we go about building reciprocity within our relationships? Because I'm thinking about those people who may have been doing this for years and years and years. You're going to be shaking up the status quo potentially in your relationship if all of a sudden you say, I've had enough, it's my turn. So how do you begin to have that dialogue so that healthy reciprocity can be built?
0: I think it is very important first of all to uh begin to realize that it, it exists and, and what it is and why you're sometimes people aren't happy and they can't really put their finger as to why. And then when we start talking about these things in a deeper way, they said, Yes, you know, I feel as if I'm making the sacrifices. Michael, I know that I should be grateful because my husband work is important and he brings in all the money, but I feel as if I have been wrong here because I do have a lot of gifts and talents that are not being used and a lot of times people don't want to feel ungrateful and so they don't bring this up. So this takes me to my second point that I would like to say that is important in a healthy relationship is communication. So if you're in a relationship where you're feeling that there is a lack of reciprocity like you're feeling as if you're a given and that you're not getting a uh, equal value back or you're not getting anything back. It's all about the other person. It's important to be able to have this dialogue where you where you can say, this is how I feel and have LT communication about it.
1: And so how do, I'm thinking, we talked about this in the past, sometimes in couples' relationships, we think we're communicating with each other, but we're actually not talking about anything. We're talking about the laundry, the kids, who needs to go somewhere else. So For someone who may not be familiar or used to having vulnerable conversations within their relationship, how can they begin that discussion? What kind of words should they use? What approach should they be taking?
0: I think it's important to talk about how you feel. And instead of going to the other person and saying you are selfish or it's all about you, a lot of times we 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 suppress these emotions and we don't approach our spouse about them until it builds up to become unbearable and then it comes out in an argument and the other person says, I had no idea that you're feeling this way. I thought that you were happy. So I think it's important not to wait until that happens, to select a time when you are calm, where you can say, you can approach the person and say, I feel empty. I feel unfulfilled. I feel as if I am not benefiting from this relationship. And talk about your feeling, not what the other person is doing or not doing, because your feelings are always correct. How you feel is how you feel. And so it's less likely that the other person will get defensive if you approach it from the point of view of how you feel. But sometimes it's very hard to have these these dialogue in in relationship, because people uh, who have been, as you said, some sometimes the status quo has been going on for years, and they are really reasons why people are not raising these issues, because they feel that if they were to do so, the other person might not react favorably to, to what it is that they're bringing up.
1: Exactly. So for those people who may be nervous to take that step, is this sort of the time you should start to speak to someone like yourself?
0: Yes. Sometimes it's necessary to come in and to get the help that you need so that you can become stronger. And so, talking with a, a counselor who understands, who can understand what you're going through and help you to see that it's not irrational to feel as if you have sacrificed everything and, and to feel hurt as a result of that. You're not being ungrateful. It's how you feel. And so if you do have that help, then it uh, a good counselor can help you to prepare to, make, to have these conversations with your partner, to communicate about it in a way that can give you the, the best possible outcome. But it's important to understand that if you don't communicate about what it is that you're feeling to your partner and you you're making the sacrifice and you become a martyr for your relationship and you're just going about it sacrificing and grinning your teeth and uh, you know clenching your teeth and not saying anything then it's going to lead to bitterness and resentment and then it will eventually result in Passive aggressive behavior. So, uh, we did a show recently on passive aggressive spouses. So, for those of you who uh, want to know what to do if you find yourself in a relationship with a passive aggressive spouse, or if you are passive aggressive because you just can't have the open communication, I think it's important for you to listen to that show on passive aggressive spouses.
1: And if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio show. Today, we're talking about the seven qualities of a healthy marriage. If you've missed the first half of today's show or would like to listen to another show we've taped, Michael just mentioned the Passive Aggressive Spouse Show, you can listen to all of our past episodes at our website, elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelt E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll free at 1-877-544-3546 and we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show. So, Michael, we're going through the qualities that you've been able to identify through your years of clinical practice that make for a healthy marriage. What other qualities we've talked about, reciprocity and communication thus far. What other qualities have you seen that leads to healthy marriages. An-
0: another key quality uh, is vulnerability. Uh, uh, vulnerability is so important. The, the ability to be transparent to your partner, to realize that you don't have to be perfect to be okay and to have this openness between both of you that you can talk about whatever it is that you're going through. And and I, I want to give a quote here from Brené Brown, uh, who has done extensive work on the, in the area of of shame. Uh, and one of the things that she said is, if you trade your authenticity for safety, you may experience the following. Anxiety, depression, eating disorders, addiction, rage, blame, resentment, an inexplicable grief," unquote. And so here is Bernie Brown saying that if if you're not vulnerable in a relationship, if you go, if you try to play it safe by uh, not being able to go to your partner about your 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 feelings, your your insecurities, uh, your failures, your fears, and you put on this uh, this mask that say I have it all together, then what will happen is that you are setting up yourself for a host of of psychological, mental, mental uh, side effects. Brené Brown also goes on to say, but in talking about imperfections, Brené Brown says imperfections are not inadequacies; they are reminders that we are in, we are all in this together. So if you're imperfect, that's okay. Your just partner, like the rest you're of us. just like the rest. Your partner is imperfect too. But there are so many people who are in relationships that they they feel as if they they can't be vulnerable. They have to be that strong person that is never fearful. And maybe too, sometimes unhealthy relationship predispose you to act that way because if you are uh, if you're not at your best, your partner do not accept you. Your partner becomes frustrated. And and, and fearful. And so a healthy relationship is one where you can say, you don't have to be at your best. You can say to your partner, you don't have to have it all together for me to love you. And you can feel the safety in saying, I, I can go to my partner with the worst of my fears and still feel their unconditional love. So vulnerability implies our, our or necessitates a certain risk because you're opening up yourself to the other person. And there are so many people who have not talked to their partners about their deepest fears, haven't talked to their partner about their failures. There are people who are failing in business, their business is falling apart and their partner doesn't know because they're afraid that if they go and say, I don't know where we are going to be a year from now because I'm having financial difficulties. And sometimes by the time the other partner partner start realizing that they're in financial difficulties, it it's too late for them to play any supportive role because the other person has just not been been vulnerable enough.
1: As you're describing that, I was just thinking how oftentimes we're reluctant to be vulnerable because we feel like we'll push our partners away, but in reality being vulnerable is actually the things that can bind us together more more than we could even realize.
0: Absolutely.
1: What other qualities do we need for healthy marriages?
0: Yeah, I think another important quality is empathy. It's important for you to have empathy towards your partner. Uh I'll just give a quote here from the the Huffington Post and it's in an article that's entitled Why Empathy is Key for Your Relationship. And in this in this article it says empathy is the most powerful powerful tool we possess to bond with people. Personalities, similarities, attitudes, and initiative all help bring people together. Yet they are inferior to empathy as a key building block of relationships. So when you have, when you don't have empathy in a relationship, you are feeling as if there, there are, there are, there's something, there's a vital thing that is missing. That my pain is not important. To you. And so if there's a lack of empathy, then there is bitterness. There is bitterness that builds. And oftentimes people try to talk about their pain to the other person instead of getting empathy, then what they get is you're hurting, but I am hurting too. And this makes it very hard for the relationship to move on because you, first of all, need to be able to hear your partner's pain. And uh, when your partner brings up that they're hurting, that's not the time for you to say, I am hurting too. That's a totally other discussion that you have at another time. So you need to have this ability to show empathy to your partner.
1: What other qualities do we need to see? in our relationships when we are having these type of difficult conversations
0: yes it's it's important for us to be able to to deal with this deal with these things uh, and i think the the other thing that that we need to to do the other qualities that we need to have in a relationship in a healthy marriage is to is is trust to be able to trust the other person
1: Exactly. So trust in relationships are really important. So how can we foster that trust within our relationships?
0: I think trust asks two very important questions. I think the first question for that trust ask is can I can I trust you to step up to the plate when I am not at my best? Right and so when when you're not at your best and your partner you feel that your partner is not there for you, then it gives you this sense of being unsafe in your relationship and this is what emotionally focused therapy a branch of therapy call an attachment injury. And uh, I'll just give a quote here from the Journal of Marital and Family Therapy in April uh, 2001 where they're talking about this and the quote says, quote, an attachment injury is characterized by an abandonment or, or by a betrayal of trust during a critical moment of need. The injurious incident defines the relationship as insecure and maintains relationship distress because because it is continually used as a standard for dependability for the dependability of the offending partner. So when trust is broken at a time when you need your partner, for example, uh, sometimes it's during the stage of pregnancy where a woman is pregnant and she needs her partner to be there. And she's asking the question, Are you there for me when I am not at my best? And what she gets is is a partner that was so self-centered that they're still going about life just as if she was at her best. And the partner wasn't there for those critical moments when she needed him. Or maybe it's a period of sickness where you had a life-threatening disease and you needed to, to to answer you needed your partner to say to answer that question, can can I trust you to step up to the plate when I'm not at my best by saying, yes, I'm there for you. I have your back. But what you got instead is a partner that was largely absent and buried their head in the sand. They would never really ask you about how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis, but just continue on life as if as if uh, your illness was not taking place. Now, when this happens, trust is broken. I know when it comes to trust, we often think about trust in terms of an affair. You know, are you loving someone else? But I think the first question that trust asks is, "Are you going to be there for me when I am not at my best?" And when a partner is not there, as the as the quote says, it it sets up this this uh, this framework against which all future incidents are going to be, be judged. So the next time you're not at your best, you're you're going to say, I cannot trust my partner to be there for me, and it creates unsafety. And I think the other question that Trust ask, Melissa, is... Are you committed to me above all others? And this is where relationship with others outside of the marriages it, it comes into play. If you feel that your partner has a as an interest in others, such as a another another person or our in laws, then trust it becomes a problem in that relationship.
1: So, what other areas um, lead to a quality marriage? I know we've been ta- last week we were talking a lot about intimacy and promoting intimacy within our relationships is this a good quality to have in a healthy marriage?
0: Yes, intimacy is so important and this is one of the, the, the this is a six point that we are covering for today and the, this the intimacy is is so important for a healthy relationship. Now what what we are finding is that according to uh data scientists, Seth Stephens Stephens David Dusky. what he, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but, uh, but let's leave you. it at that. I, I, I'll you can look it up. So what is he has done some research online using Google searches, and what he finds is that the search that comes up the most uh, when it comes to marriage is sexlessness in marriage, and he says that sex, sex, sexless marriages search are three and a half times more common than an up than than unhappy marriage. So people are searching for answers to sexlessness in marriage than they're searching for unhappiness in marriage. And it's eight times more common than loveless marriage. So a lot of people uh, in marriages are being affected by this and they're, they're searching, trying to find answers as to why sexlessness is affecting their relationship. And
1: who is doing this search? Who is Googling sexless (laughs) marriage the most?
0: Uh, This is a very interesting question, and the research is very shocking because it's contrary to what a lot of us think in our Christian circles. A lot of times we give the woman the bad name, and a lot of women are seen as the one who is trying to avoid intimacy or is not uh, catering to the guy's needs. But what the research is showing is that a lot of these people who are searching for answers to sexlessness, why their marriage is sexless. They are women who who want to have answers as to why is it that my spouse is not showing any interest, any interest in me.
1: And so through these searches, I think it, as you say, it dispels a bit of that myth that yes. it, it's not just men seeking out sexual intimacy. Women have desires too. and if those needs aren't being met on either side it's an area that needs to be addressed and
0: women are having a hard time answering this question as to why is it that my partner is not showing any interest a lot of women blame themselves they start having self-esteem issues maybe it's something wrong with me maybe it's the way that I dress and in relationship that don't have some of those other components that we talk about earlier such as communication and empathy women are afraid to approach the subject with their partner and so they're suffering silence and they're trying to find answers as to why. But sometimes men are afraid to admit that they have erectile difficulties or that they they cannot perform as they used to because of health issues. And so instead of having an open dialogue with their partner, they just withdraw and their ego is bruised if their partners make any, any mention of that subject.
1: What's the last quality that you you suggest we need for a healthy marriage?
0: The seventh and, and final quality is forgiveness. It's inevitable that if you're in a relationship with someone, you're going to be hurt sooner or later. It's just a part of of being with a person who has different likes and, dif- and dislikes than you, who have different ways of doing things. And so hurt is inevitable in couples' relationship. But So this is why forgiveness becomes important. So couples who can forgive each other for wrong that is done, they're able to make the transition to move on and to continue loving each other, Whereas some couples find themselves stuck at this place of unforgiveness and just cannot do anything to move on about it sometimes it's it's hard to forgive the other person, especially when the person does not admit they're wrong or they continue doing the same thing over and over. And this brings up a totally different uh, different subject, right? If you're in a, a relationship where you can't forgive because your partner is showing no sort of remorse and they keep hurting you, then you have another problem. And I think this means that your, your marriage needs help. You need to get professional help to be able to work through that thing. Or maybe you have been grievous to hurt. Maybe there have been an affair and every time you try to talk about it, your partner minimizes it or pushes it under the carpet. And so you are... St- Talk, this is not your fault if you can't forgive in those kind of situations. Forgive in a sense that to resolve this to move on in the relationship. It means that your relationship needs help. And there's, there are a few other things that we could cover here, but we are quickly out of time for today, Melissa. So I want to encourage you if you're listen if you have listened to this show and you need more information, you can identify with any of these seven things that are missing in your relationship. Give us a call at one eight seven seven five four. Four, three, five, four, six. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. We have trained psychotherapists on staff that will be able to help you to work through any of these areas in which you may be having difficulties. You can also find out more about us by going to our website at ministry.com. We want to thank you very much for listening this show and we want to encourage you to join us for next week's show because in the next show that we're going to be doing next week we're going to be talking about a spiritual abuse which is unfortunately very common in our christian circles
1: i look forward to joining you next week michael
0: thank you very much melissa and so until next time this is your host michael hart of Elam counseling services
1: and melissa waggett
0: praying together that god would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.